0: Thank you, indeed, Pam, Olivia, and Angela, doing the reading. Don't worry, I'm not singing a solo. (laughs) That will definitely cause you all to leave. (laughs) As a kid, I could not wait for Friday to come. It was a day that I look forward to all week. Now, I did well in school and I liked school but I just could not wait for the school bell to ring Friday afternoon and we were dismissed. My friends and I would run out of school yelling TGIF. We were so grateful that it was Friday. I was so excited because I knew that even if my brothers and I were bad that week, that our parents would give us some sort of treat. We would get pizza. We would get to stay up late. We would, you know, get to watch a movie or go somewhere. There was always something to look forward to. And so we were so grateful that it was Friday. I believe that as we reflect on the events of Good Friday that in the same way we can look at all that has happened and we can say, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to John chapter 19? And we're grateful that Brother Cedric Ray read the first 16 verses earlier, and I will continue starting at verse 17. And if you are able to would you please stand as we read God's word John chapter 19 starting at verse 17 And it says this So they took Jesus away carrying him carrying the cross by himself he went to the place called sorry he went to the place called place of the skull in Hebrew Golgotha There they nailed him to the cross Two others were crucified with him, one on either side with Jesus in between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many could read it. Then the leading chief priests objected and said to Pilate, change it from the king of the Jews to he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers had crucified, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that said, they divided my garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing. So that is what they did. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let us pray. Father, in these moments, we quiet our hearts we quiet our minds, we pray that you would remove the distractions around us, and in these moments, God, we pray that you would help us to focus on you and the cross, that you would help us to look to you and to the sacrifice that was made. We thank you, Lord, for this day that we can now call Good Friday. We thank you for this day, Lord, where these events transpired that changed the course of history forever. And so, Lord, may you speak through the power of your Holy Spirit. May you use me as your mouthpiece, and we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to the hearts and the lives of each one present. And so, God, we thank you for this time, and we commit it into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Jesus came to earth for a mission. He came to earth for this very moment. It was for this exact reason that God sent his son Jesus to earth. From the moment Jesus was born, he was here on a mission. From the moment that he could speak, he started to prepare for his earthly departure in this life. From the moment that he was able to speak, he began preaching and teaching. He began proclaiming what the kingdom of God is like. He began giving hope and healing and joy and restoration. He began his earthly ministry with the purpose of ultimately dying on the cross to save us from our sins. Jesus' work had finally come to an end. His mission on earth was now complete. He was ready to leave behind the things of this world, he was ready to let go of everything that he had. In verse 23, it talks about the soldiers that had crucified Jesus. They divided his clothes among the four of them. They took his robe and they gambled saying, who's going to get what? You see, it didn't matter that Jesus no longer had these garments. It didn't matter that they were gambling for them. It didn't matter what they were going to do because he didn't need them anymore. He was ready to let go of the earthly things. He was ready to let go and make peace with the fact that he was now leaving this world. So he lets go of his earthly possessions and he makes peace that the clothes are gone. Everything has been stripped away from him and it's been left behind. And then he sees, hanging from the cross, he sees his mother, Mary. He he looks down at her with such love and concern, even in the midst of his own pain and suffering. And he says to her, Dear woman, this is your son. And he says to the disciple whom he loved, he said, This is now your mother. You see, before Jesus left, He had a plan in place. He made sure that things were taken care of. He was now ready to go. It had all been sorted out. It had all been taken care of. The ministry was complete. The teaching was complete. The things that he wanted to instill in his disciples were complete. He was now ready to go. And so he makes peace. And he is ready to be nailed to the cross and to complete his journey. It tells us that after Jesus was nailed to the cross, Pilate had posted a sign. From verse 19, it says that the sign read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. That's what the sign had said. It was written in many different languages so that the people who were all around would be able to all be able to see it and read it and know exactly what it says. But, but Pilate got backlash and, and, and the people said, no, say that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Not that he is. And my friends, it is no mistake that Pilate said, I have written what I have written. You see, you need to get to know the name of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews... It was no mistake that that is exactly what was posted on the sign above Jesus. To declare that he is God. To declare the name of Jesus that is higher, that is greater, that is more powerful than any other name. The name of Jesus. A small detail that carried tremendous significance. What I have written, I have written. Without realizing it, Pilate posted a sign that ultimately pointed and declared the truth. Ultimately pointed to who Jesus said he was, is, and forever will be. You see, my friends, the soldiers mocked Jesus. The soldiers beat him and mocked him. They they taunted him and made fun of him. They, They degraded him and paraded him around for their own selfish gain and for them to feel better. And not only was Jesus led to the cross, but the scriptures tell us that he was beaten. The scriptures tell us that he was beaten so badly that it was almost... He was almost unrecognizable how badly Jesus was beaten. Every whip he took, every lash he endured was not for his own sin, but it was for us. And it is because of his stripes that we are healed. It is because of the fact that he was beaten and he was broken for us that we are made whole. And my friends, when the scripture tells us that, it's not just talking about a physical healing that we can experience because the price that Jesus paid was much too high for simply a physical healing. But the price that he paid went far beyond the grave. The price that he paid was ultimately for our sin. It was dealing with the spiritual issue so that we could all have the opportunity to be saved, so that we could all have the opportunity to live with God forever. He was the only one who was able to purchase us back from Satan. Because of sin, we are separated from God. We are under the authority of Satan himself. But thank God for Jesus, who paid the ultimate price for us. By Jesus paying the price for us, what he was doing is saying, I'm paying in full for their sin. I'm paying in full for their shame. I'm paying in full for their guilt. I'm paying in in full for all that they have done wrong so Satan, you no longer own them. Jesus paid in full for us. The blood that was shed was innocent blood. The blood that was poured out was poured out in love because of his great overwhelming love for us so that we could be washed clean. So that we could be washed whiter than snow. Satan no longer had a hold over us. He no longer has a grip on us. He no longer has dominion over us because we have been set free. We have been set free by Jesus. We have been set free by him. And no longer can he hold it over us because Jesus silenced the boast of sin and the grave. He silenced him so now we can say, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your It has no hold on us. My friends, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be afraid because we have been given the ultimate gift. We have been given the gift of salvation that has been made possible by Jesus' sacrifice. And all we need to do is to receive it, to believe it, to accept it, to trust in him because he's done the hard part. He has done the work that was completed. There was no more sacrifices needed. There was no more lining up at the temple to bring your animal to be slain and sacrificed to be atoned for. It was all finished. It was all over. Jesus' life paid for sin from past, present, and for future. He has paid it all. And what he asks of us is love. You see, by Jesus dying, he fulfilled the Old Testament law. He fulfilled all the rules and regulations. That doesn't mean it doesn't apply to us, but it means he fulfilled it. And his law is love. And he showers us with grace. Jesus, champion of heaven, died to make a way so that we could enter in. He died making us heaven possible for each one of us, but it didn't end there. You see in 3 days not only did Jesus die but he in 3 days he rose again and he lives. He rose again and he conquered death and he is alive. And because of that now all authority on heaven in heaven and on earth belong to him. He has ultimate rule and reign. And Satan has no power over us. My friends, what was accomplished on Good Friday wasn't good. Wasn't good, all the things that happened. But what Jesus was able to accomplish made it good. He made it good so that we can say, thank God it's Friday. Thank God that it's Friday. Jesus, our King has accomplished what no one else was ever able to do. In Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 6, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father amen amen you see my friends jesus was humble and obedient and he was obedient even to the point of death the soldiers had no power over him he simply was led like a lamb to the slaughter because he allowed it to happen It was at his command that legions of angels could have come and set him free. But God knew that this was the only way. God knew that in all of eternity, this would be the only way to make heaven possible. It would be the only way to reconcile a sinful people to a holy God. And so he was obedient even to the point of death. Walking to his final destination, so they thought. Walking to the point of where he would be crucified. And as he walked, not only did the soldiers mock him and taunt him, but the people jeered comments at him. The same people who on Palm Sunday wave branches and lay their garments down were the ones yelling, crucify him. You see, my friends, not only did those people mock Jesus, but in our world today, so many mock God. So many mock God through music and movies, through the things that people say, through their actions and images. People mock God all the time. They take the name of Jesus in vain, but let me tell you something Do not be deceived because God cannot be mocked. The name of Jesus is a powerful name. It is a name that people call on because it has so much power. It is a name by which... We must be saved. A sign was there declaring the name of Jesus, stating exactly who he claimed to be. This sign pointed to the one who would ultimately save us. It was only King Jesus who was able to save us. There has never been a king in all of history who has showed that kind of sacrifice, who has showed that kind of love, who has showed that kind of devotion to his people. There has never been a love so great that the world has ever experienced, but it was on that day that we learned what true love is. One who was willing to lay down his life for the very people who mocked, and who taunted him. You see, when Jesus heard and saw all that was happening, it was in his mercy and compassion that he forgave, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand the actions that they're doing, but one day they will. One day when they hear the name of Jesus, they will understand. You see, it is a powerful name that carries all authority in heaven and on earth. And so as Jesus prepared for his death and ultimate separation from God, he was ready. He was ready. It was agonizing for him leading up to the cross, not because of the beating not because of the suffering, not because of the pain that he would feel, but it was agonizing because he knew that temporarily he would be separated from his father, that temporarily he would experience that separation from God. And so in the garden, he cried out, Lord, if there is any other way, let it be possible, but not my will. Your will be done. He was willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. He was willing to pay that price. He was willing to go. And so he was ready. Scripture says he bowed his head. The last thing that was left for him to do was to give up his spirit. He said, It is finished. It's finished. All that was needed to do, he just accomplished, but it wasn't finished spiritually. You see, it was finished physically. The physical death just took place, but now was the time for the battle to begin. It was the time for not a physical battle, but a spiritual battle to begin. And because we said sin is a spiritual issue, a battle between God and the devil himself. You see, the devil thought that he had won. The devil thought that he had the victory. The devil thought that he had defeated God, that he still had a hold on us, but oh, how wrong he was. The battle began to wage My friends, God has no equal and he has no rival. There is no contender that can even come close to what God is able to do. And it was on this day, on this crucifixion day, that the ultimate battle between good and evil took place. And I want to read these song lyrics for you that beautifully tell this story. Feel free to just close your eyes and truly think about what took place on that day. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross His blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon him. One final breath he gave, as heaven looked away, the Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave, the war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken, the ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now, death, where is your sting? Our resurrected king has rendered you defeated. The lamb has overcome. You see, there was a battle that took place that we didn't see but was a great battle where the king of kings defeated the enemy, where because of what he accomplished there is no longer any room for Satan to still have a hold on us but we have been set free. We have been set free. There's a painting hanging in the Louvre Museum in Paris. And it's called Checkmate. And if they could put that on the screen, thank you. On the left side of the screen is a man who the artist of the painting depicts as the devil. And on the right side is a man who the artist depicts as a king. And they're playing a game of chess together. The devil is laughing and thinking that he has won the game, and the king is frustrated because he he doesn't know what to do, and they're playing this game of chess. And so this painting is hanging in the Louvre Museum in Paris. A group of tourists come by one day, and in that particular tour group was a world champion chess player. As the tour guide led the group to the different artifacts and paintings and explained what each one was, he finally made his way over to this particular painting called Checkmate. It was at this painting that he explained to the group that this painting, the the artist's rendering depicts the devil laughing at the king because he had just won and beat him in this battle. The group took a look and they move on to the next picture and the next item after that. Soon, the the group realized that the man, who was the world champion chess player, was no longer with the group. So the tour guide went back to look for him and found him still standing, staring at the picture. The tour guide let him know, we have moved forward and we've moved on and it's time to go. And the man, the champion chess player, looks at the painting and he looks at the tour guide and he says... In the picture, you said, the devil is laughing because he had just beaten the man, the king. The tour guide said, yes, that's exactly what I said. He says, I have a problem with the painting. The tour guide, shocked, said, "What, what do you mean, sir? He says, well, you know that I'm a world champion chess player, right? The tour guide said, yes, I know. He says, well, I've been playing and studying chess my entire life. And he says, I often notice things that normal people wouldn't notice. The tour guide said, OK. He says, um, the man said, the artist needs to either change the name of the painting or change the painting. The tour guide, again confused, said, what do you mean? The man again said, well, you know I'm a world champion chess player, right? The tour guide says, yes, sir, we've already established that. He says, when I look at this painting, I've noticed something that it seems no one else has noticed. The tour guide, a little at this point annoyed, said, sir, what do you mean by that? The champion chess player said, the painting is called Checkmate, right? The tour guide says, yes. He says, well, observing this painting, I've just discovered that the devil hasn't won yet. The tour guide says, sir, what do you mean? He says, no, no, the devil hasn't won yet because the king still has one more move. The devil in the painting hasn't won. The king has one more move. My friends, I'm here to tell somebody today that some of you think that, you've been, that it's all lost. Some of you have lost all hope. You think you've come to the end. You think you've been defeated. You think that there's no hope left. But I'm here to tell you that the king has one more move. The king still has one more move. Declare that over your life. Declare that over your marriage. Declare that over your children. Declare that over your career. Declare that over your family. Declare that over your finances. That God, you are not done. You still have one more move. The devil laughed because he thought he had defeated Jesus. The devil mocked because he thought this was the end. The devil thought that he had won and that the victory was his, but he did not realize that the king still has one more move. Thank God it's Friday, and that move is coming because Sunday's coming. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that on this day we can boldly call it Good Friday. We thank you, Lord, that you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of heaven and earth, the one who was and is and forever will be, paid the ultimate price for our sins. We thank you, God, that you paid the price to redeem us from the pit of hell, that you paid the price so that we would not have to receive the wages of sin, which is ultimate death. We thank you, oh God, that you paid it all. And so we say, even though we don't deserve it, Thank God it's Friday. Thank God for what you've accomplished on the cross. Thank God for what you have done. Thank God that you still have one more move over our life, that it is not all lost and hope is not gone. But, Lord, we thank you. We thank you and we pray that you would help us to turn our eyes on you, to surrender all that we are, to live lives that are holy and pleasing and meaningful and so god have your way have your way as we draw near the cross oh god that you would speak to your people today we thank you for your sacrifice in jesus name we pray amen